0: Nebraska Athletics Podcast, episode 23. It is Thursday, August 29th. Brian, we are officially in game week. It is less than 48 hours till kickoff, actually about 48 hours from now. Hopefully uh, game should be over. Um, Let's just get right into it with football. Uh, Scott Frost today was his uh, last media availability leading up to Saturday's 11 a.m. kickoff against uh, South Alabama. Any? new things that came out of uh today's practice? Nothing really
1: new it sounds like maybe the midweek practices weren't um up to snuff but that could be kind of expected like coach Ross said because with school starting this week and their schedules and routines were, were kind of messed up so they weren't bad practices I don't think they just weren't the the high quality that they had had in ball camp but uh they had a walkthrough today and uh, that went very well it sounded like so uh uh,
0: they're obviously ready to go. I think everybody's ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. It's uh, it's time for football. Uh, yeah, 11 o'clock Saturday, South Alabama. Game is on ESPN, big ESPN, the the Uno. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other news items this week. Uh, I guess we also had Coach Janander, um, Coach Walters, and um, I guess we can go all the way back to Monday's press conference. Um Defensive players got black shirts, kind of did a little bit different this year. Uh, Coach Frost brought in a lot of uh, former players, former black shirts, and kind of had them distribute the black shirts to this year's um, black shirts. What you, would you think of that process?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch, and it was kind of a last-minute idea the way it sounded, the way Scott presented it to the media that kind of on a whim, he called up, uh, rounded up some of the local black shirts from the uh, Lincoln-Omaw area and asked if they could come to to practice on on monday and each of them said something to the team and then uh each of the former black shirts gave uh handed out the new black shirt to the current players and just added a more uh, personal touch to it and it was good for the players i think to hear you know people like jason peter and um jack kelsey uh, jay foreman chris kelsey those are some of the uh, a dozen or so black shirts were, that were there, it was good to hear them talk about what it means to be a black shirt. And uh, a lot of those guys got very emotional the way it sounded, uh, just talking about how they got their black shirt and, and what it means to them and how they'd like the, the current players to carry on that tradition and, and meaning and everything. So I think, uh, you know, the tradition is, or has been to, to put the black shirt in the locker and then the, the player has a reaction when he sees it or not sees it, you know, whatever the case may be. But this adds a more personal touch to it, I think, and just shows a little bit more of uh, of the meaning behind the black shirt. Uh,
0: another kind of note that everyone was picking up and digging through on Monday was uh, first, je- first depth chart of the season came <coughs> out. Um, anything in there that kind of caught your eye, or was it kind of what you expected it to be? I, I think the one that kind of caught my eye a little bit was uh, – Cam Jurgens listed as the number one spot in the center. He's been dinged up a little bit by... Mm-hmm. Not not surprised. I guess the surprise for me was I didn't know if he'd be ready to go game one with kind of... Uh, he was out a little bit of fall camp. It looks like they're ready for him to go. I think Coach Frost said they might have him on a... Using another term, a pitch count where, you know, they might not roll him out there for the whole game. But um, that was, I guess, the one thing that probably caught my eye. Yeah, I think it caught... Um, Coach
1: Frost off guard too. I, you know, he said that originally they didn't expect him until maybe a couple games into the season, based on how he was when he started fall camp with his injury. And he came along a lot faster than than they thought. And by by the end of uh, fall camp, going into game week, he was uh, full go and and looking really good. And they've always talked about his explosiveness and his, his power, uh, his quickness, and. And the mental part of the game too. You know, a center has a, a lot of responsibilities in that regard, and and, and he uh, he meets all those qualities. He uh, he checks off all those marks, and uh, the the coaches just think that they're a lot better team with him at center. You know, coach said they just look different. So, and that's nothing against Forniak, who's uh, another redshirt freshman who's played very well for Walkamba. Out- I think they like the depth at that position, but they just feel that Cam gives him a, a certain edge just uh, you know, a little bit better, so. And he's a redshirt freshman too, which means this is the first time in school history that Nebraska will start a freshman at center. That's never happened before, so. Matt Smith's stat right there. I know Matt was digging pretty hard <clears throat> to find that one. I, I think that was a, uh, uh, Mike Babcock also contributed okay. to that as well, so the the team, two of them were, were we're talking about that and and, try, and trying to figure that out so uh you know they've had freshman offensive linemen but not center so mm-hmm. that's uh that's a new one um and it was going to be that way regardless whether it was Cam Jurgens or or Virgil Forniac like i said they're both richard freshmen so uh the the depth uh, is good at that position and but cam won out he's a he's a, he's a good player so and one other note from the from the depth chart, and actually, kind of from from today too. The uh, the, the quarterback Noah Bedrill, is the solid number two, and and uh, he will be the the top backup to Adrian Martinez. And true freshman Luke McCaffrey had an outstanding camp, but they uh, announced today that they want to redshirt him if at all possible. So, uh, and of course, you can still play up to four games in redshirt, So, um, I I don't know if if they would do that, if they needed to, um, if they feel like they want to get him some experience, I don't know, but uh, they, they definitely want to uh, want to redshirt him this year. So it could be a position or a, uh, a situation where he doesn't play at all. So we'll have to see, but he had an outstanding camp and uh, the, you know, Coach Frost says he's probably a better player than they, they thought they were going to get. And they thought they were going to get a good one. So that's, that's kind of saying something right there.
0: That position outside of basically every other position seems like the one that probably benefits the most from the four game r- rule because most other positions, you're rotating guys in throughout the game, but quarterback's kind of the one where you kind of have a, a designated number one and that guy is your guy. Um, and you know, you've had issues before where a guy gets hurt and then you have a freshman, it's like- Then you have to burn a red hey, shirt. Are we really gonna burn this kid's yeah. red shirt for one it's, game or one quarter?
1: Cause- It's kind of that way with that couple of skill position spots. Yeah. You know, Running back could be the same way if you're not really deep there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, quarterback by far is the the top position, I think, where that rule uh, is really good yeah. and, and helps
0: out a lot. Like you said, if a... It's not like a left tackle where your left tackle gets hurt and it's yeah. like, yeah, we can probably slide some guys around and make it work, but yeah. quarterback and, you know, it, is a it, tough one. It, it always depends on your depth
1: at that position yep. too. But yeah, like you said, quarterback's the one where you, you you do, you have your one player, or ideally you have your one player that, that goes the entire game and the entire season and uh, you you, you you always kinda of hold your breath if your number two is a true freshman and you don't want to play him. So mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a that's a good rule for, especially if the quarter got for the quarterback spot. You're absolutely right on that.
0: Uh, one other guy that uh, fans have not seen yet, because I don't believe he played in the spring game, uh, listed at one of the number one spots on the wide receiver list is uh Wandale Robinson. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's at a pretty good camp. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans will be excited to see what he can do on Saturday. Um and actually, there's a lot of guys in the wide receiver list that fans haven't seen before or didn't play in the spring game. So uh, see a lot of new targets out there. We'll not see uh, the old number eight in uh, Stanley Morgan running around, somebody that we've gotten pretty mm-hmm. used to seeing in, in, in that spot. So And a lot of new running backs this year as well. Uh, no more Divino Zigbo. Um, so, yeah, there'll be a lot of new faces out there. Um, but uh, I'm sure everyone, including us two, are excited to get to Saturday. Um, one other thing we'll see on Saturday that, uh, honestly, you probably can give me more information because I know you've done a little research on it, for a story, um, male cheerleaders at Nebraska now. Uh, I know you had some guys in your office yesterday we were chatting. Do you, what uh, what will they be doing on Saturday? And I guess, tell me, have we have we had male cheerleaders before? Oh yeah, they had them
1: um, you know, up until I, th- I think the last two, They had, and was in 2008, they were down to two two at that point. Um, They'd slowly, um, once Nebraska decided it couldn't do any more stunts or anything, that kind of negated the need for male cheerleaders, so they just kind of slowly went away. And they had two uh, in 2008, and then that was it, starting in 2009, so exactly 10 years they've been without male cheerleaders, which, they wanted to get back to that, and you know, Bill Moose, the athletic director, had a uh, had a lot to do with that. And in, in, in terms of talking to upper <clears throat> administrators and, and and getting them back, so that both the male and female cheerleaders can do stunts and tumbles and uh, put cheerleaders in the air—not throw them in the air, but put them uh, above their mm-hmm. above their shoulders, which they couldn't do. You're going to see them do the. Uh, tumbles and backsprings and those sorts of things that you didn't see before, so it'll be uh, a lot more active and uh, it'll be more fan participatory and really trying to create more of an atmosphere. Uh, you'll see the return of the megaphones with the male cheerleaders and running with the flags and, and holding signs and there's six of them. Um, they originally were going to have four and then they got a clearance to get six and would like to get more and more um, as as the years go by, but I'll have a story on that tomorrow. And I talked to three of the six, and they're really excited. They're um, they're they're ready to go. One of them is a uh, a former gymnast from high school, and he was a student manager on the gymnastics team here. Uh, one of them is a, a, an engineer, <laughs> just kay. has no experience whatsoever, but um, kind of fit the bill. So he's doing it. And uh, there's a one from the uh, uh, the Marines, who is uh, a student here, and he's the other one that I talked to, and the other three I can't remember off the top of my head what their backgrounds are. One of them actually was a cheerleader at Lincoln High School, um, and I think he's the only one of the six who was ever a cheerleader before, so. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it'll add something different to the stadium and the atmosphere on on, uh, on Saturday, and they're, they're very excited to be a part of that, and that's, I definitely think it's something fans will notice and uh, hopefully enjoy.
0: Um, so, one other kind of change that fans may see on Saturday, uh, pregame anyway, is the Unity Walk is changing a little bit this year. Um, for those that don't know, the Unity Walk is uh, basically the, the team buses arrive at, on the east side of the stadium, drop the team off. Previously, the team used to kind of walk down around the uh, northeast corner of the building, come in the north doors. Um, now, the bus will be um, kind of stopping in the middle of the parking lot on just east of the stadium, so kind of the same location. Um, the team will kind of walk down through that parking lot and then they're gonna enter the doors on the east side uh, right next to the uh, the Bob Devaney statue. So one other thing to, you know, so some people don't get freaked out. Uh, when the team leaves the hotel, there's actually gonna be some fireworks shot off at the stadium and that's gonna be kind of everyone's uh, alert to know that, hey, about eight to 10 minutes from now, the team will be arriving, so that's gonna be your alarm when you hear the fireworks go off that uh, the team has left the uh, the hotel downtown and they will be on their way um, to the east side of the stadium for drop off. And that's where all the fans can can line up, welcome the team to the stadium, uh, You know, gets, uh, kids get some some high fives and, and things like that. Um, I know there's a lot of other kind of small fan amenities that are getting updated this year, but that's kind of the big major change um, that and what we just talked about with the Spirit Squad changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, another team that's kicking off um, their season on this weekend, actually on Friday, is the Nebraska volleyball team. They'll be hosting uh, Creighton Friday night, seven o'clock at the Devaney Center, and then uh, UCLA also uh, seven o'clock Saturday. Let's see, Creighton Friday night, UCLA Saturday Saturday night, night, both seven o'clock. Baylor will also be in town. playing the other two teams. so John be, Baylor? John, well, John Baylor will definitely be in town, but uh, the <laughs> Baylor Bears from Waco, Texas will be in town. Um, Nebraska and Baylor not playing each other, but Baylor and UCLA will be playing Friday afternoon, and then Saturday afternoon, Baylor and Creighton will be playing. So um, I'm sure everyone is excited to uh, get over to the Vandy Center Friday night, and then plenty of time between football and volleyball Saturday. You can catch the football game, be, Done. Go go get some a bite to eat. Um, then make your way to Devaney Center on Saturday. I guess uh, since John Cook had his media day, have you had any other discussions with him or the team since then? And you know, are they going to be a lot of new faces? I know they had their red white game last week, um, mm-hmm. so fans got a little little glimpse of the new the new players. But uh, coming out yeah. su- coming out swinging.
1: Yeah, they 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 feel like they and maybe we talked about this last time. I can't remember, but they feel like they can do. Uh, a few more things offensively with uh, with Nicklin being a year into the system mm-hmm. as a setter and uh, can do more things with the outside hitters and have more options and have a little bit more versatility on, on offense. And, and uh, you know, just he kind of compared it to a, a pitcher with previously, you know, three pitches and, and maybe using a fourth pitch as a, you know, change up or whatever like that to to kind of, uh, well, change things up. So maybe catch the opponent off guard, keep him honest, something like that. So, um, you know, that is one thing. And uh, he's, again, talked about the freshmen and, and how excited he is for them. And uh, they're really adapting to the culture and uh, the competitiveness. And sounds like it's been a very uh, hotly contested, very competitive uh, three weeks of practice, I guess it's been. So they're they're
0: ready to go as well biggest change will probably be obviously Mikhail Fecky not there but also Kenzie Maloney so you will not you will see a new libero in Nebraska uh, Friday night when they take on Creighton and uh, uh, should be a very competitive match Creighton has been not just uh, in the region one of the top teams in the country the last couple years so um, I know coach Cook is uh, had a lot of praise for them on his during his media availability Monday at the press conference so uh, should be a highly competitive match and then UCLA uh, Saturday, so uh, no uh, no easy ones coming out the gate for the Huskers, and that's usually usually how it is. Um, other team in action this fir- this uh, this weekend is the uh, soccer team. They actually started their season last last weekend down in uh, Lawrence Kansas, but their home opener is this weekend. Um, they've got uh, Clemson Clemson Tigers on Friday night, seven o'clock at the uh, Hidner, Hidner Stadium, just uh, just north of Devaney Center, and then uh, Sunday. Um, they will be taking on Baylor 7 p.m. Uh, at at uh, Hidner Stadium. So a very busy weekend of Husker Athletics. Got uh, football, one football game, two volleyball matches, two soccer games. I guess I should ask Coach Walker, is it soccer game or soccer match? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an answer either. It's a... Uh Competition. It's a contest. It's a competition. Okay. No cross country this weekend, so three out of the four fall sports uh, will be in action. I believe cross country kicks off next weekend. So, um, Brian, what else? And you've been putting up a lot of content lately. Uh, a lot well, of, we also a lot have of, the Hall of the. the oh yes, the Nebraska
1: Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame Friday. Athletics. Friday. It's the fifth class, and uh, they're adding another coach this year. Last year was the first year they added coaches, which. Tom Osborne and Bob Devaney were Mm -hmm. the first two inducted as coaches and uh, this year Francis Allen uh, the former legendary gymnastics coach uh, who's still very active uh, with the program even though he's been retired for 11 years now I believe. Uh, He's being inducted as long as as well as with one of his former uh, competitors Wes Suter and also uh, Carol Frost uh, obviously the mother of Scott Frost the football coach uh, former Olympian and track and cross-country women's coach here in the late 70s. She's going in along with uh, Ed Weir and as pioneers for celebrating 150 years of the University of Nebraska's existence. So uh, Ed Weir passed away in 1991 and, and his three children are also deceased. So he has eight grandchildren coming to Lincoln and Uh, One of them, Edward III, will be uh, accepting uh, the induction and giving the induction speech on on Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock at Memorial Stadium or outside, depending on the weather. And uh, Rhonda uh, Rhonda Blanchford is one of the other ones, former track uh, competitor at Nebraska. She's also going in. Graciela Sappero, who started in volleyball and then crossed over to play a little bit of basketball when she was here uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, she is going in to the Hall of Fame. And Grant Wistrom. Grant Wistrom. We can't forget Grant Wistrom. Yes. He uh, obviously helped the Huskers to a couple of national titles. And pretty
0: 1987 good. was had, his last year. Had a pretty good so NFL career.
1: Had a pretty good NFL career too. And so he'll be back as well. And they'll all be recognized at the game on, on Saturday at Memorial Stadium, so congratulations to all of them. Again, they're being inducted on Friday afternoon at at inside or around Memorial we'll Stadium, see. depending on uh, the weather situation, which it sounds a little dicey going in, uh, starting later on this afternoon or tonight or something. It's supposed to be stormy and then yep. well, perhaps some heavy rain and rain throughout tomorrow and tomorrow night, and we won't talk about
0: Saturday No, just yet. we're not gonna talk about that. So. Um, Yeah, and they'll be on around the field on Saturday during the game. Uh, For those that wanna check out more about the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame, you can go to huskers.com slash hall of fame. There's a complete list there by year of all of the uh, athletes, coaches that have been inducted in the Hall of Fame, along with bios for each of them. Um, And again, that's huskers.com slash hall of fame. One other event that we have, it's it's not a busy weekend at all. There's another uh, ceremony. Um, banquet on Friday evening, the 50th anniversary of Husker Power. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you've done a little bit of research.
1: Yeah, I had on a that. story
0: on that a couple of weeks yeah. ago
1: um, when they initially announced the the class. Uh, I don't have the the members in front of me, but there were 10 football players, and then one from each of the other sports. Um, some of the top uh, performers from the weight room or combined with what they did in the weight room and on the field or court or, or what have you. So uh, some of the inductees I'm trying to remember, um, Scott Frost was quarterback for football. Um, gosh, I can't remember all the football, I've, I've got to have the list in, but um, it's there somewhere on Huskers.com from when we originally released it. And I know Alex Gordon is representing baseball. I remember that one for sure, but he won't be able to be here because he's kind of busy at the moment pitching. By yeah, the way, I was
0: just going to say, he. I saw he uh, got on the mound. He only topped out at 82. I was a little <laughs> surprised by that. Yeah, he was maybe too. He thought it was, uh, was going to be
1: like up-rated. Maybe it was the
0: sidearm delivery.
1: Could have been, it, it could have been. So they just didn't want him to do anything stupid. And, and he didn't, he didn't hurt himself. And he did what, did what he needed to do in a 19 to three game, which was just, get some outs and, and, and not hurt himself, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, Boyd Epley, the, the founder of Husker Power in 1969, and a couple of uh, his cohorts were the people who actually selected this, uh, I guess you can call it a Hall of Fame sort of thing for Husker Power. So they will be uh, recognized also on, on Friday evening in a private ceremony. So,
0: well, if you're a Husker fan, there will be plenty of things to do this weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, what else? I guess what are for things that aren't other than the uh, the mail story. What uh, anything else you kind of been working on? Uh, there's a lot of stuff up there already, and we'll have some stuff from the football game and
1: um, something about the again the 25th anniversary of the Tunnel Walk and. Uh, A couple other feature stories I'm working on, and some Hall of Fame stories. I'll have something from that. Uh, There's one up there right now on, on Ed Weir, and uh, I'll have one, another one on Francis Allen, and then something else from the actual ceremony. So, a little bit of there, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and some football to you on Saturday.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, for everyone heading that's in Lincoln, and anyone heading heading to Lincoln this weekend, uh, safe travels, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.